Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, a Scottish baseball podcast. I'm the Glasgow Comets, John McKayla. And I'm Jason Durr, former league president and Baseball Scotland Hall of Famer. Jason, we've got Major League Baseball coming back this month. I'm excited. Can't wait. Like I, I, I need something to fill my free time with, and, and, and that will be uh, exactly Definitely what I Definitely 60 games, better than nothing. Um, finally, the, uh, the players and the owners managed to uh, come to some arrangement uh, with a bit of help from the Commissioner Rob Manfred. Um, it's going to be an interesting season this year. Who do you think in a shortened 60-game season has the advantage? You know, um, it, it could be a real fluke. As someone had said 60 games is a good kind of determiner on where people are at that time of year. Uh, and, you know, you could have a steam like uh, like the Padres. Like, uh, I may be a bit of a homer on this one, but I think, like, uh, they've got a couple of their minor leaguers. They added to their roster. That actually might help them out more uh, than, say, like the Dodgers, who are, are obviously extremely talented, um, but they might be a little bit thinner on the top level of their uh, minor league ball clubs. This is a good point, and obviously there's the there's like a different way that they're doing the rosters for this one, um, given the nature of the new season. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if there will be any outliers or dark horses that might just have that wee bit more depth that can get them over the line in a six game season. Obviously, when you factor in that there will probably be positive COVID nineteen tests along the way, and you know some some players will end up having to miss some time. There really is no telling how it's going to go. Um, but it's exciting that it's going to be back. Um, with regards to Scottish baseball, uh, we recorded an interview with the Baseball Scotland League president, Paul Convoy, last week, where he filled us in on the latest info that he has on baseball in this country. Uh, we are going to just fire straight over to that interview um, and then we'll do a close. It's just going to be a short one this week. But uh, lots of interesting information from Paul. Uh, we'll be back right after this. So we've got uh, Paul on the show now, Jason. Great. Uh, Paul, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Jason. Good good to talk to you guys again. Thanks for coming back on the show, Paul. Uh, obviously, Baseball Scotland president. Um, what a season this must have been for you. Um, this is unprecedented uh, times uh, for everyone. It, it can't be easy for you either, um, with everyone chomping at the bit wanting to get back in about it. And obviously, there's only... Well, I think there's very little you can really do about it with regards to government guidelines yeah. and all the rest of it. Um, before we get into the discussion about where the season is and what you expect from it moving forward, uh, we want to get your opinion first on civil war that has erupted between Major League Baseball and the Players Association. <laughs> Obviously, the latest info is that Rob Manfred has mandated a 60-game season starting at the end of July. Um, the Players Association have until 5pm Eastern Standard Time uh, today, which is about 15 minutes away, to decide what they want to do with it. Um, they could file a grievance. We could end up with uh, a 60-game season and no further incident, or the season could end up being binned and they could come back uh, in 2021. What are your thoughts on uh, everything that's happened in the past few months? Uh, obviously, it's been a very long <laughs> and very entertaining off-season. Yeah, very uh, drawn out. Um <sighs> All through this, I've kind of sided with the players, to be honest. Um, you know, it's take away the fact that the, the millionaires are the ones that steal the spotlight. There's a lot of players in there that this this is their job, like anybody else. Um, so I kind of side with the players on this. Um, but I do hope that they accept this this offer. Um, and we can see some baseball on TV because I'm, I'm, going, I'm going nuts. <laughs> Lock, lockdown's hitting me hard <laughs> so I'd like to see some baseball but 
I could understand why they would maybe want to reject it and scrap the season as well because sixty games isn't isn't a isn't a baseball season as we know it. So yeah, um, that seems to be the general consensus. Um, I don't think either side has covered themselves in glory during this whole process, but yeah, it might just be worth uh, going away and coming back next season with a hopefully a renewed enthusiasm. Um, Let's move on to Scottish baseball. Now, obviously, our season has been delayed uh, by COVID-19, like uh, most other sports. Um, We were supposed to start last week of March. Um, Now, as we're into late June, we don't think we'll be starting until at least mid-July with regards to any kind of training. Um, That would just be a guess on my part. What's the latest from you, uh, and obviously you'll have been keeping a close eye on how things are going. When do you expect us to, to be on the field? Hey, being honest, we are taking a stab in the dark at that that date. Um, the, the Baseball Scotland board, uh, which includes, well, it was, it was mainly a coaches and managers meeting we had um, on June 3rd. And we discussed the, the sort of phase one announcements in the Scottish government's roadmap. Um, and we don't really see us going into any sort of formal training until we announce phase three. Phase two, I think, was phased in on uh, just last week, I think. But for yeah, sports, yeah, for sports, phase two officially starts on the 29th, uh, which means outdoor areas can be open. But then that still means it's only two or three households at a time can can get together. Um, and I think the five mile radius, the close radius, is still going to be enforced. So, depending on how our clubs are kind of set up with coaches, I really don't see us having any sort of proper training sessions until phase three starts, whenever that may be. I think we get an update on the second of July, um, and then what the coaches decided to do is just encourage players to get out there and throw because we want to get in the field as soon as we can. But obviously. We've now had a full thirteen weeks of not throwing. I mean, some some guys have, which I'm immensely proud of those that have been out there and stretching their arm, keeping their arms healthy. But we don't want a guy to turn up after throw eighty to hundred pitches, knowing how Scottish baseball works, without any proper training, because we do it for for sort of post season and then pre season training. You know, we have the winter training, mid spring training for a reason, and that's to get your arm back in shape to throw that number of pitches and you know just getting getting that arm back ready to, to play baseball it's a demanding sport um, as much as we only play once a week but you know we're not top level athletes here we're, we're amateurs having some fun and I don't want any guys getting injured so we are trying to encourage people to get out there in their, in their small groups or small social bubbles and, and just have a throw What sort of form at this stage do you assuming let's assume for the sake of argument that things go as we hope they'll go and phase three kicks in and we can start to think about putting together pre-season again uh, which I would imagine we'll probably need a couple more weeks of training for the guys before we get into games like you yeah. say a lot of us won't have thrown much I mean I personally have only thrown twice um, in the last week or two uh, once with Danny and once with my ex-teammate Saeed mm-hmm. um, I know there will be guys who've thrown a bit more than that um, I know there's some guys who do throw in their gardens and stuff like that as well and have the facility to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But some of us obviously won't have had much of a chance, if any, to, to get the, the stretches in and start to throw some catch. Um, if all goes well, 
what kind of form do you expect this season to take? Because I know that there's obviously, we have a bit of a window before the weather starts to become more of a factor in Scotland. Um, and obviously we have other, you know, things like the post-season tournament and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what do you see happening from a league standpoint from a season? Um, but we we, we kind of hinted at uh, it's not going to be a, a league as we know it, not at all. Um, competitive games, we want to try and have these. Um, so as a as a bare minimum, we're going to try and hold a little tournament um, sometime, but probably September. Um, that would be a proper competitive game, or we'll call it the COVID Cup or some nonsense like that. <laughs> but that will be competitive baseball. Beyond that, we'll try and encourage local games. Um, so Glasgow will play Glasgow, Aberdeen play Aberdeen, and Edinburgh will play Edinburgh. The problem there lies with Tayport because they'll have to travel. Yeah. Um, so it really depends on how early we can get to, to having games. We did discuss that if we can get some games started mid-July, we can have competitive baseball back in August um, and have some sort of some sort of system. But the coaches and managers, they'll be discussing that amongst themselves because one of the other things that's kind of came to to light for us as as a sport in Scotland is that a lot of players are not Scottish or British. They've had to go yeah. home because of this lockdown. A lot of the guys are students. Um, when the university shut, they left as well. So a few teams might struggle for, for numbers. So it might even be that it turns into a, like just cities playing as teams. So the two Glasgow teams will join up to make a, a, a team. The two, three Edinburgh teams will join up, Aberdeen will join up and then Tayport, they seem pretty confident they've got the numbers because a lot of their guys are brand new British rookies. Um, so that's something we're, we're going to have to consider when we start back as well. And it's it's really a quite a juggling act to try and find the perfect mix to get competitive baseball and keep it like fairly competitive. Okay, so um, in effect, then is that is that confirmation that we won't have a league season at all? Then it won't be classed as the Scottish National League, um, right. but we'll definitely try and get some competitive some sort baseball, of a, some sort of a tournament or an extended uh, version of the Caledonia Cup or something like that. Yes, yes, yeah, something like that. Right. So, um, what about the Kent tournament? Is that still something that's planned at the moment? Um, I know it was originally kind of meant to be in May, but then they pushed it back. Is that something that is still on the in the pipeline, or is that that is something? it's something that's still going ahead. Uh, the Kent Bucks are still planning to host it. It'll be over two days. I think the end of September. Let me check my calendar. I can't get looking because you know high D. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think the 26th and 27th of September is when that's penciled in for. And we have every intention of sending a team down there to compete. So that's something our guys can look forward to. Sounds great, man. Um, it's going to be great to get some form of normality back. Um, hopefully by then we will be able to do that and we can kind of crown a, at least a Caledonia Cup champion if not yeah. like have a full season. Um, now, this has been an unprecedented time for everyone, as we've mentioned. Now, I don't think Jason ever, I mean, certainly Jason never experienced anything like this while he was president of the league. Um, how have you, how have you, 
manage the like the, the the pressure of that because obviously you'll have had coaches from throughout the league in your ear pretty much every week, you know, asking for updates or, or you know, just all kinds of questions and stuff like that. How have you managed that? Uh, to, to be fair to the, the sort of coaches from the different clubs, is we're all understanding this. We all know exactly what's going on and we're all in the same boat. So they're all just taking the answer that I'm going to give them straight off before they even ask the question is we have to wait in the government advice. Um, the only one is come back and say the concerns over player numbers. Um, you know, if, if, if there's going to be enough for a team, what's going to happen? And that's something I brought up in the, the sort of conference call we had um, that we will never force players to play a game if they don't feel it's safe. And we'll try and be as accommodating as we can to teams who can't field a full team. You know, if, if they have to merge two teams into one for this season, we're, we're not going to complain too much. We've taken away the player registration uh, system for the rest of this, this year because there's just no real reason to, to do that. Um, so from an admin point of view, it's been <laughs> a lot easier. <laughs> but um, but that's that's really all we can do. And it's it's just sort of making sure that I'm keeping track of government advice as it's coming because there's not a lot of information coming out of Sports Scotland for us, which has been quite frustrating from my point of view. But I can understand they are they're busy with every other sport in Scotland. You know, we're a we're a small a small peg on their board. No, you mean no what what do you think that's from Sports Scotland? Now, I would assume they would have a blanket idea on what you can do. And obviously, some sports require have different requirements than we do. But if you look at baseball, we're quite spaced and socially distanced. Whereas you say rugby or uh, basketball, you, you definitely have physical contact. Yeah, so the the blanket statement is that team sports are a no-go just now. But I, I kind of I, I messaged them and tried to get some discourse with them to to see where we stood in that because we are a team sport but as you say we're, we're spaced out uh, the only close connections as you have done by our, the catcher and the bat are all facing the same way um, at the plate and then any possible tags or whatnot at base um, but with the, the guidance that the World Baseball uh, organisation put out there's, there's measures in place like my thing was that each team would have their own set of balls that they fielded with and the umpire would swap game balls the umpire would wear gloves the umpire would wear a mask um, catchers would be asked if they wanted to wear a mask but it's their full choice we have the sanitisation guidelines that would apply to baseball easily enough the only issue I've seen was sharing off helmets um, so that could be a tricky a tricky one to get around but other than that I'd wanted to find out where they where they stood on it and they never, they never got back to me which is a real shame but looking at the the, the roadmap the Scottish government's put out we've kind of set up ourselves to, to know when we can when we can be, get back as soon as these phases are announced because I know I've seen videos of the guys in Norway playing ball already so this is kind of like oh there's ball being played just not here <laughs> yeah the Scandinavian countries took a different approach to the rest of Europe I think and they're like you're going to get there anyway so just, just go for it I don't know if that's <laughs> a good thing or a bad thing we'll, we'll find out I suppose but, yeah but a, a little step behind the English leagues I know that because they've started their group training now BSUK put out a statement just to this evening, 
saying that uh, group training can take part with groups of six. Now, you mentioned uh, the leagues in England. Um, I know that when lockdown first began, you were keeping an eye on the guidance from the BBF. Yeah. Um, now, now that now that the Scottish and UK governments have started to diverge, you know, obviously we're at different phases of easing lockdown. Um, has that made uh, has that made your preparation any different now that you can't really rely on that so much, or are you just basically keeping it simple and sticking with whatever uh, the Scottish government is saying at this point? Yeah, I mean that's because the BBF released baseball specific advice. I kind of copied them yeah. <laughs> a lot, um, and it, it made sense because they are um, they are the sort of official governing body of the sport in the UK. As divided as it is, they are the ones that. That are they sort of go to for advice on these things, um, and BSUK as well. So, as soon as the Scottish government diverted from the British government's plan, uh, it did make things a little more difficult. Kind of had to stand on our own two feet a bit more, <laughs> but we're more than capable of doing that. And it is just a case of following the, our own government's advice, whatever that may be. From a physical standpoint, have you done any throwing or anything like that? I know that you've obviously retired as a player, but have you have you had any? Have you played catch at all during lockdown? Uh, no, because the only person I can really play catch with where I am is my wife, and she cannot catch a ball. The last time, <laughs> the last time we tried, she took a ball to the face, and that was <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> so, yeah, and the, the the dog will chase after the ball and then leave it where it stands. So, yeah, I can't even throw. <laughs> um, have you? Heard anything from Aberdeen um, regarding the tournament that was supposed to happen with the you know there was an Aberdeen University tournament that was due to take place right before the start of the season. Now I think that was scheduled for around about the time that the pandemic hit. Has yeah. that been rescheduled or anything like that, or has that just been cancelled outright? I think it's been cancelled outright just now. It was, mm-hmm. I think it was someone's sort of project for a social media tournament type thing to be arranged and it was it, it was going to work right before this pandemic hit and all of a sudden no one could travel and mm. Aberdeen's quite a bit away <laughs> so it, it, it sadly didn't happen and it's a real shame because they had uh, a couple of Team GB coaches going to go up right, uh, so I was I was looking to get forward to get a chance to meet them up there as well um, Yeah I was looking forward to getting a chance to play the exhibition games uh, I think both Aberdeen teams were due to come down um, for exhibition games as a warm-up in Glasgow. Yeah, um, Stirling Uni tried the same as well, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the first week that, that it turned out that we couldn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, ditto the women's tournament. Uh, is there any update on that? Obviously, with England uh, being ahead of us now and easing lockdown, for better or worse, um, is, is that going to go forward? Or I is that still something that's not going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. I've not actually had any updates on that that I know of. I'm trying to check through my... My records here, but no, I, I don't. I, I don't think it's happening off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was due to happen in late July, which means more yeah. or less that it's unlikely a women's team from Scotland is going to be able to make it. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. I, again, I, I think with lack of training and stuff, I think they're going to be postponed it. Um, yeah. But with the big announcement uh, of the GB women's national team being made, there's definitely a, still a focus on women's baseball, which is is fantastic. Yeah, hopefully they'll continue to make strides and uh, with, whether it be this year or next that, that, that these kind of tournaments can start to happen more regularly. Yeah. Um, so Paul, uh, one other question uh, and more or less this is my last one 
Um, you mentioned removing the need for registration for this season. Obviously, it wouldn't make sense to have people connected to a single team when it's not even a sure thing that we're going to have you know, the teams as we know them when we do get back to baseball this year. Are there any other rule changes that you've been tempted to pilot or institute for this season as kind of a, yeah, as kind of like a pilot to see how, the, how it would go in Baseball Scotland? Maybe something you've had in the back of your mind for a couple of years that you haven't been able to implement yet? It just, no, I, don't, I haven't really thought about that. Um, it may, it may be a good chance to try some of the things that people have brought up in the past, such as the the, uh, the number of innings and and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's 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 something I'll certainly bring up in the next uh, coaches meeting to see if they want to try things that's been spoken about and then knocked down because of either fear or just the disagreements in previous board meetings. So I'll certainly bring it up and see if there is anything we we can do for this season to make it trial something since it isn't going to be a, an official Scottish season. Are there any interesting ones that immediately spring to mind that you can think of? Well, one of the things was uh, reducing the number of innings to be played. That's always been brought up. It gets brought up every year because mainly because of the demand for pitching. We don't have that many quality pitchers in Scotland and in, in, in the teams. Each team maybe has one or two. But then if they're throwing a full game or a half a game each, depending on how the game goes, it can still be in a lot of pitches. Um, so in a way to reduce that strain would be reduce the number of innings and maybe put a pitch count. Um, it's always been kind of, it's a catch-22, so you take away the number of innings, you're then reducing game time for certain players. So that's the last thing we want to do. We want to make sure everybody can play the game. So that's why it's never been done before. But with having a reduced number of players anyway, it might be that might be an option for us this season. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to discuss that. Yeah, I know that in the preseason rule changes, you did implement something with double headers. I believe they're five innings now. Double header games, it's like five innings or the time limit. Uh, it was well. There's a. It's kind of hard to, to go through without the rule book in front of me. Um, but yeah, they, we, we just try to keep the games so it's so hard out there for eight hours on a Sunday because even having two five-inning games or seven-inning games, they, they can still take a few a good few hours depending on the on the quality of the pitching and the fielding and the hitting. Um, so just try to keep the time people spend out there on a Sunday down. And sometimes we'd find that we'd play a two-hour game, time limit game and only have three innings. So I, we tried to find a sort of middle ground with that and uh, put the five innings where required. <laughs> uh, do you want to touch on what happened at Warrison Field at all? Oh, the... The rest of the... Kind of the tree. <laughs> yeah, our, our lovely right field tree that caught all your home runs. <laughs> uh, that, that was that was uh, cut down by a what's suspected to be a, a rogue neighbour. <laughs> um, much to the rest of the residents in the areas dismay and the children's broken hearts poor children lost their foot <laughs> well I know it was popular with my kids we went down there and we played in there as well so um, it was a good place I mean that area was wet usually 24-7 yeah. anyways so not having the roots to suck up the water 
uh, will definitely probably impact the field. Yes, yeah, that's a impact. Yeah, an impact I foresee happening is we have to move our field a little bit because right field becomes quite marshy in wet weather, and that tree definitely helped soak up some of the water. So we have to move our field along a little bit. Um, I know the 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 club in Edinburgh has a real close close tie to the community there, um, and we've offered to you know try and help with the with the clear up and you know see if we can try and get the tree growing again. Um, yeah, so we're, we're equally as upset with the, the that little tree being gone as uh, as as the rest of the residents that surround the field. Cool. Have you had any developments with, say, the councilmen's in the area or talk to the neighbours at all? I know it's kind of hard now because it happened like, two weeks yeah. ago. Uh, at the time, at the time, I had a long discussion with one of the one of the residents who's a good supporter of the club, being being uh, at Warriston Plainfields, um, and I spoke to the local councillor as well and discussed the lack of funding that gets put back into that that those playing fields as a whole. I mean, the Edinburgh Club spend a lot of money. For, for fees for renting the the field and the vandalism and uh, some issues around upkeep uh, crop up every year in discussions. So I think this could be a, a turning point in, in the relationship that the baseball team have with the council. Uh, there, At least that's what, that's what I'm trying to get out of it for the Edinburgh Club. Well, that's a positive step. I mean, uh, I know myself, we, we've been there for 11 years there, and we we had trouble making any kind of traction. Um, at least we made it with the neighbours there. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you're doing good work there. Yeah, trying my best. <laughs> I guess we're all kind of waiting yeah. on eggshells just to let us know that if we're going to play or not. So uh, it's just that uh, the waiting game. Yeah, uh, please go away, COVID. Give Jason and I something to talk about every week. <laughs> uh, I think... You know, it's been it's been difficult for us as well making this podcast. While it's been fun, uh, kind of trying to work out ways to to get around it. You know, the format of this show was supposed to be one thing, um, and now in our first full season, we're not even able to kind of implement that. So it's it's been frustrating all around. And as I said earlier, it must be it must be frustrating for you as the league president. Uh, now that now that you're no longer playing, this is kind of your this is how this is your this is the entire your involvement in the game. Um it's gotta be it's gotta be tough. And we thank you very much for coming on the show to give us an update. Um it's obviously gutting that we won't get a normal league season in. Um but hopefully we'll get a competitive tournament of some kind and we'll be able to crown a, a champion of some sort. Yeah. Uh hopefully we'll we'll get down to Kent and that'll go as normal. Um but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see and trust in the Scottish government's guidelines. Uh, That's it, it's the waiting game. Yeah, again, thanks very much for joining us again on the show. Nah, no problem. So again, that was Paul Convoy, Baseball Scotland president. Always good to have Paul on the show and great to finally get an update and see some movement towards baseball in this country. Um, obviously not without bad news. It's not going to be a full season, which is a shame. Uh, but under the circumstances, I think uh, things are looking up. Yeah, it's nice to know there's at least some baseball on the future. I think with the momentum we had from last year, uh, a few more people will be showing up. Uh, I'm sure they'll be uh, itching to get out there and throw the ball around. Yeah, I've been itching to get back. It's going to be uh, just great to have some games, whether it be competitive or otherwise. Now, um, it's July 2nd as we record this. Jason, what do you have today uh, for this day in baseball history? 
on Bubble and Baseball? Oh, I haven't published it yet, but I do believe today was the first day that the Cubs played their first night game in night. Amazing. And amazing that they were a club for so long before playing a night day, a night game rather. Um, traditionally, Wrigley Field always games games always played in the daytime. Is there a specific reason for that? I you know, I think it was just tradition for a long time there, and I know they had talked for years about getting lights put in there and the residents I uh, didn't want them. They were, they were afraid that the uh, late night crowds and the, the people would cause too much of a problem uh, after the games there. And it, it took them a long time of campaign to actually get those lights put in. And I think the, uh, the original agreement was only like 20 games a year they could use it for. I see. So it's actually kind of a residential neighborhood watch kind of deal then. And, and it's like... it, well, it was back then. Um... And you got to remember, like, when this was happening in the 80s, you, you had just kind of a lot of people that had a, maybe a, a day off and had a, had a few cold ones. So, you know, <laughs> they really enjoyed the outfield uh, seats out there. So, <laughs> I can see why the neighbors were worried about the uh, same kind of people showing up at, like, 7 o'clock at night and then coming out of the stadium at 10, 11 o'clock at night and causing all sorts mm. of problems. Now, of course. It's completely changed. It's Wrigleyville. Um, it's it's obviously catered to the Cubs in the area there. And uh, I mean, you can see those seats out in left field. I mean, you can go watch a game from 400 feet away uh, and sit on top of those houses. Right. So, and uh, not uh, this day in baseball history, but yesterday, the uh, great Bobby Bonilla got paid. He did. He did. It was Bobby Bonilla yesterday. Uh, Bobby Bonilla Day. Uh, I had a good laugh because I, I actually got my uh, all my or not all my cards, but some of my uh, old baseball card collection there. And I opened up one folder and I found about thirty Bobby Bonilla <laughs> cards. So that made me laugh. <laughs> it was written in fate all along, Jason. Yeah, so I'm, I'm quite happy to see him. Um, I'll be little, very happy when I see the rest of my cards come through and I can look at some of the ones that have a little more value. Obviously. Uh, back in uh, 1990, th- those were worth, worth a lot of money, but not so much these <laughs> days. Awesome. And where can the listener find Bubba and Baseball and more This Day in Baseball History content online? So you can find me on all the social media accounts. I'm at Bubba on Baseball. And, of course, you can find my shop at dugoutclassics.com. And, of course, we're on social media as Dugout Classics. And uh, you can hear the show, as always, on anchor.fm slash pipes. You can also find it wherever you wherever you listen to your podcast, so Spotify, Apple, all the rest, all the usual. Um, on Twitter and Facebook, at Caps and Pipes, uh, do hit us up and give us a follow and a like. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at John Caps Pipes. Give me a follow and let's talk about baseball when it finally comes back. Um, I saw today Garrett Cole pitching from the mound at Yankee Stadium. Aaron Judge is healthy. I'm feeling good. You I'm very excited. excited I wasn't. As you know, but I'm getting excited now that I've seen um, my boys uh, in action. Like I said, I'm just excited that there's a season happening. Fingers crossed it all goes well and we can actually get to watch Yeah, definitely. It got kind of ugly there um, for a while, but really when the smoke settles, it's just great to finally get the game that we love back in some form. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, fingers crossed, baseball's back, and hopefully uh, Scottish baseball's back. Yeah, hopefully it will be. We'll have something to talk about every week. In the meantime, guys, uh, stay safe, stay well, and that's going to be all from us for this week.